0: All right, Psalm 117 tells us, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud Him, all you peoples. For His merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. And then we are here hear from Paul. To all the saints in Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us read Deuteronomy 5, 1 through 22 as our first read. That would be in, in page 150 in your pew Bible. Deuteronomy 5. This is Moses retelling the law to the people in the wilderness as he is about to lead them to the promised land. Deuteronomy 5 is is a retelling of of the Ten Commandments. You might notice a couple of slight changes uh, that are made due to the circumstances uh, here. But Deuteronomy 5, verse 1. And Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and rules that I speak in your hearing today. You shall learn them and be careful to do them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb. Not with our fathers did the Lord make this covenant, but with us who are all, all of us here alive today. The Lord spoke with you face to face at the mountain, out of the midst of the fire, while I stood between the Lord and you at that time to declare to you the word of the Lord. For you were afraid because of the fire, and you did not go up into the mountain. He said, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no, you shall not do any work, you nor your son or your daughter, or your male servant or your female servant, or your ox or your donkey, or any of your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an upstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long, and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, And you shall not steal, and you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, and you shall not desire your neighbor's house, his field, or his male servant, or his female servant, his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. Today's message in our second reading will be from Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through verse 6 in chapter 3 and that is on page 838 in your few Bible. And we uh, have been going through Mark when I've had opportunity to preach and uh, we've seen three previous confrontations between the Pharisees and Jesus and now we will see the concluding two confrontations in this section of Mark Uh, and then we, we move on from here but this is Uh, We are going to see here that uh, the Pharisees are not pleased with Jesus and how he is working on the Sabbath. So, once again, Mark chapter 2, verse 23. One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look! He stretched it out and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out immediately and held counsel with the Herodians against him. How to destroy him. Lord, your word is light and you are Lord of the Sabbath. Lord, you've given us this day for our blessing. Please open our eyes, our ears, and our minds to hear your word that it would grow us deep in you and bless us that we would be a blessing wherever we go in the power of your Holy Spirit. Say this in your name, Son's precious name. Amen. So we have here the uh, the finality of Jesus' five confrontations that with the, the Pharisees early in his ministry here, uh, generally happening in, in Capernaum, it seems. And... Uh, we, we see that Pharisees are especially worked up over or this happening on on the Sabbath occasion with Jesus He allows his disciples to actually just grab uh, pieces of grain and rub between their fingers and eat it doesn't seem like a big deal to us and he also then goes and, and, and heals a man's withered hand. A man who, you know, he wasn't going to die the next day if he didn't get his hand healed. But Jesus healed the man and, and eased his eased his suffering. But the Pharisees take this occasion to to attack Jesus. This is literally, as we have said before, as talked about before. Jesus had told the, the Pharisees in the Gospel of John, He had told them that, no, you are not Abraham's children. You are, you are children of the devil. And so we now see Satan doing his work through the leadership of, of the Pharisees and, and the other leaders of Israel attacking Jesus, what he could not do straight ahead, sending demoniacs at him. And, and in the wilderness, he is now working behind the scenes. And so when, when the Pharisees see Jesus' disciples plucking the grains and eating it, they go after Jesus and say, Why are you letting them do this? Well, What we can see here is obviously the, the Pharisees are following Jesus wherever he goes even into the fields. He is under the microscope. And, and their interpretation of the Sabbath has gone far beyond what God has said in His Word. They had, I believe it was 613 man-made laws to kind of put a wall around and, and fence the Sabbath. And yes, God does take His worship very seriously. But there aren't restrictions in His Word dealing with taking a piece of grain, working it in your finger, and throwing it in your mouth. The Pharisees, I mean, they considered that harvesting. Does anybody, does that make sense to anybody? Are they in the back harvesting, or are they just grabbing pieces of grain to to pluck in their mouth to hold them over as they go on their way to the synagogue? And Jesus does what we should all do. What does he do? He appeals to the word of God. He says, "You remember, remember David and what he did." he was hungry on the Sabbath him and his men they were running from Saul for days and they go into the priest and, and the priest says all I have is the showbread the showbread is is supposed to be just for the just for the priest it's a sacred thing so Jesus is a, appealing to to the story of, of David and and the, and the priest says to, to David, are your men clean? Have they not been with a with a woman for a few days? Was what the priest said to him, and then David said, Yes, we've been running. we have got our minds on other things. We are clean. And the David and his men ate the showbread. And this was commended to the priest. Because this was an act of mercy. It's a wonderful thing. And David, or well, I'm, I'm sorry, Jesus mentions elsewhere in, in the Gospel of Matthew in this account. And I'm, I'm not doing a harmony of the Gospels, if you will. But uh, uh, the accounts in Matthew and Luke really work well together uh, with this account in Mark. Um, and in, in Matthew, Jesus points out that you know even the priests work on the Sabbath, right? The priests and those at the temple, they've got to do everything necessary for, uh, for proper worship. They've got to sacrifice the animals and... And do all this and that, and yeah. So let's let's think straight about these things. And they've got no reply for this. I mean, he is hitting them right between the eyes with Scripture, especially the beloved David, a man after God's own heart. And and from there, they they go to the synagogue. And what happens there? They are watching to see if Jesus is going to heal this poor man with a shriveled shriveled hand. With a deformed hand. They are looking at him. And they want to see if he does this so they can accuse him. They want to see if he's going to heal somebody and then use that against them. That just sounds twisted when you say it out loud. And, and according to them, the Pharisaical laws uh, concerning the Sabbath, it was okay to heal somebody if were, it was life and death. but otherwise you know, they can wait can wait to do that till Monday or the next day, I guess it would be Sunday. Uh, and so they're looking at Jesus. Knowing that he's been healing people on the Sabbath who haven't been on death's door. And what's more, we need to keep in the back of our head. Jesus has clearly made out to them that he is the Son of Man. He is the one who forgives sin. And he proved it by telling the paralytics, take up his mat and walk. I am God Almighty. He kind of has a little bit of authority in this situation, you would think. He has made that clear to them. And certainly, this was not life or death to the man with the withered hand, but this is a man who's suffering. And he he calls forward the man, but then he questions directly. The Pharisees looks him in the eye and he says, "Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? To save life?" kill that's a pretty easy question to answer and they're silent they do not say a thing Luke tells us that Jesus knew their thoughts he looks at them and he's angry They have no compassion whatsoever for this poor man with a withered hand that, with one word. And they know with one word Jesus will make His hand right. They know this. They've seen it. They know Jesus is from the Lord. But they are against the Lord. Time and time again they've seen his miracles. But their hearts have been hardened, and this it says that it grieved Jesus that their hearts were hardened. He was grieved at their hardness of hearts. And this should remind you of, of, of another time in, in in history when we get this occasion of a hardened heart. Pharaoh. When Moses was going to Pharaoh and saying, Let my people go, and he would refuse, and what would happen? They would send a God would send a plague upon him, And and it looked like maybe for a moment or two that Pharaoh might capitulate, but no. He doubles down, he rejects the clear witness of God Almighty. And his heart is hardened again and again and again and again. And we know Pharaoh is a picture of Satan. His heart was so hardened. We, Egypt is a <coughs> known as the domain of Satan when we look in, through Scripture. This is a very evil place because Pharaoh hardened his heart. God hardened Pharaoh's heart through his rejection, his clear rejection of the testimony of his miracles. And that's what's happened here with the Pharisees. They've seen the clear witness of God. It's just hard to imagine seeing this and your heart being hardened. But we know that that's what the gospel does. And you've probably heard this illustration before, but it's good. The sun it comes out and it bears down and and it hardens the clay. But it softens wax. It softens chocolate. I know that. <laughs> I had a bar of chocolate in my console of my car, and said it's 20 degrees. What can happen? I leave it there, and the sun bears down on it. I pick it up, and it's a pile of goo. The sun softens, and it hardens. Just as the gospel softens some hearts and hardens others and we don't know how it's working we've seen it we've all seen it in our lives people who have heard the gospel and over and over again and, and, it, and it seems like they're, the Holy Spirit is working on them they're starting to think through things they're coming to you asking you questions and then we see other people they get bitter they don't want to see you anymore they do see you It's it's not good And their hearts are being hardened through the rejection of the clear testimony of the Word of God. But we go back to the center of this story that I skipped over. When he was talking to them concerning the eating of the grain And He said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. This is wonderful to contemplate. The Sabbath wasn't created so that we would worry every second of the day, are we violating it? Oh my, did I... Just do that. Am I now in grave sin? No. The Sabbath was created from the beginning for man. Remember in Genesis, God worked six days. On the seventh day He rested. Adam put in a full half days of hard work before he was given a day off. God does not get weary he does not need to rest in the sense that we desperately need to rest in him and we read in Exodus 20 verses 8 to 11 at the institution of the Sabbath concerning the law the Ten Commandments of the law of Moses, that the people are are commanded to keep, so that they don't work themselves to death, and that they don't work their uh, sons and daughters to death, and that they don't work their servants to death. Even the strangers who come into the land of Israel must commemorate the Sabbath. Oh, that'd be lovely if we had that here today. If everyone had to to rest on the Sabbath in this nation if that were that would be beautiful yeah. but the sabbath is is given for the nation of Israel to all take together as a day of rest so we see it's it's gone from a a creation ordinance for all of man and that creation ordinance carries over to today everybody should be resting on the sabbath that goes for everybody No matter what religion they claim, they should drop it and come to Christ and rest in Him on the Sabbath. That's for everybody. And then God builds on that and says, these these are going to be My particular people and we're going to take a day every week and we are going to rest in Me for your good. And then in Deuteronomy... I won't read that again but you'll notice what does Deuteronomy say about the Sabbath. Moses reminds them of their deliverance from Egypt. Now God took them out of the land of Egypt, the land of bondage. And they're to remember that. So as they're going into the promised land, they are to remember what God has done for them, delivering them from Egypt, from Pharaoh, from Satan's home. And what about us? So we see this Sabbath building upon itself. And we know that Christ has instructed us further concerning the Sabbath. On page 42, Lord's Day 38, it's just one question in paragraph. What does God require in the fourth commandment in the first place? God wills that the ministry of the gospel and schools be maintained and that I, especially on the day of rest, diligently attend church to learn the word of God, to use the holy sacraments to call publicly upon the Lord and to give Christian alms. In the second place, that all the days of my life I rest from my evil works. Allow the Lord to work in me by His Spirit and thus begin in this life the everlasting Sabbath. So not only do we have a day of Sabbath rest set aside, the Lord's day now is, because that's the day Christ rose from the dead. But we have a Sabbath rest everywhere we go. We are the temple of God. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Everywhere we go. We are to have a Sabbath rest in Christ. He is in us. He is working in us. Sanctifying us. Forgiving us. Blessing us. And what's more. Jesus has given us the Sabbath for good, to bless, for mercy's sake. He allows the hungry to eat, not to starve. He heals those suffering. Just picture this. If your child is starving, do you give him a rock? Do you give him a stone? If your child breaks his leg, his arm, a finger, whatever, you tell him, don't worry about it, we'll take care of it tomorrow. That would be cruel, would it not? No, we take them to someone who can do acts of mercy and heal them, who can set their leg. Alleviate their suffering and pain. Jesus desires mercy, not sacrifice. I can find the passage in Micah. I can read that. But I can't, so I won't. I don't have it memorized. But the passage in Micah where he says he desires justice righteousness not sacrifice not sacrifice alone in that day and age but the true picture of sacrifice is our blessing other people and helping them being with them and that's we see that in many places in the Old Testament not just in Micah 6 I believe it's Micah 6.8 is the verse I was looking for. And we see that in Isaiah and other prophets and just a general principle throughout all of Scripture, even from the time Cain, Cain and Abel. God desires justice and mercy with us, with this people. And so Jesus declares to them that the Sabbath is for man and that he is Lord of the Sabbath. The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. What does that mean? What is Jesus saying? He is saying, I have instituted the Sabbath for man. That was Me at Mount Sinai giving them the law of God as well as the Father. The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. I can do what I want with my Sabbath. I have that prerogative as Lord God Almighty. And to be sure when Jesus talks about doing good on the Sabbath, it is in the sense of of for people's healing and and blessing and and taking care of of, of hunger and needs such as that. Not, Not just for us to do whatever frivolous entertainment and amusement we want to do, but it's it's to be a blessing to others, to be merciful and just and loving. And we are to take that day to rest in Him. To read the Word of God as the Catechism talks about, to study, to come worship, observe the sacraments, And to be in Christ for one whole day where He is our consuming passion. We don't have to worry about phone calls from co-workers and all the issues of the day. We can just come and worship with His people and go home and and bless one another. For some reason, this just doesn't make everybody happy. The Pharisees, it tells us, after Christ had made the man's hand, his deformed hand, just like the other, the Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him, how to destroy him. This is crazy. This is like cats and dogs playing together. This is nuts. The Pharisees are separatists. They generally hate the Herodians. The Herodians are those who are in favor of Herod and the way he's doing things. and So that these two who hate each other would come together against Christ just shows you how hardened and wicked the hearts of the Pharisees had to come. Satan was working mightily in them. And they did not like what Christ was doing. From here on out, it's it's total war between the kingdom of Satan and Jesus Christ, the Son of Man. They have turned completely against Him. They want nothing to do with the Son of Man, the Lord of the Sabbath. So what do we do? (coughs) We know that... uh, as professing Christians, when we go out, people have their eyes on us all the time, just like the Pharisees have their eyes on on Jesus and his disciples. They're looking for anything we do wrong, and we're not Jesus. We do wrong. I do wrong. What do we do? We apologize. We repent. We tell them I'm sorry. That was stupid. And you let Christ work in you and through you and and you display the mercy and love of Christ that draws people to Him. We have a Sabbath that is for us to feed us, to heal us, to comfort us. And that should energize us as we go through the week and as we rest in Christ from day to day. We are to feed on Him and rest in Him and seek Him. People will know that we're not perfect, but they need to know that we are friends with one who is. And we need to, as we go about our, our Sabbath days, our Lord's Day, if you will, to bring it into our vernacular we are to look to bless others on the Sabbath you know we see someone who needs help we help them yeah we don't just pass them by like the people did to the good Samaritan that we'll come upon later we help them we bless them we're with them and we have to remember you know in the the accountant Matthew Matthew goes into more detail quoting the Old Testament. He's he's dealing with a Jewish audience more or less. And so he talks about the temple and and uh, then he and then he says, And there's one here greater than the temple. We must always remember Christ. He is greater than the temple, he is Lord of the Sabbath, he has given us the Sabbath to rest and recharge and grow in Him. We have to remember Him through all things, all the time. You know, generally, people joke about, you know, if you're in a Sunday school class and you don't know the answer, you just say Jesus. Well, that's not really a joke. That's the truth. It's Jesus. Look to Jesus, the One greater than the temple. Now let's pray. We thank You, Lord, that You have given us this day to worship You, to proclaim Your greatness and Your mercies and Your love and Your justice. And, uh, and we're just grateful that, that You heal us. And we pray that our hearts aren't hardened by sin and that we truly love one another and that we rest in You, not just today, but every opportunity we have throughout the week. That, that You, we realize You are our Sabbath. Rest. And we pray this in your son's great and holy name. Amen. Amen.